0: another week of the Life Group Leader podcast. Your hosts, Hayden and Evan, are here. Hi. We're here as always. And uh, we want you to remember, and that's why we repeat it every week, we actually committed early on to make sure that we repeated our mission statement every time that we had a podcast that We would always remember that we exist to reach people for Christ, to teach people to be like Christ, and to train people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. We are at the end of another series.
1: We finished a series, Compass. We did. You didn't even know that. Kingdom happiness. Is over. Happiness is is
0: gone. Happiness is here forever, just in the right context now, because of this sermon series. And uh, we ended with "Happy are the persecuted
1: from matthew five ten through twelve, which says, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who wore before who were before you,
0: and the preaching point from this sermon is that we need to rejoice in every suffering associated with our connection to Christ, knowing that our persecution is proof of our heavenly citizenship, and that all our suffering for Christ comes with the promise of great reward in heaven. And this came out in three points. Number one, to stand out in a sinful world. Two is to be willing to be counted with Christ. And three, to stay focused on your future with Christ. These are three applications from this text that are going to help us live out uh, Matthew 5, 10 through twelve in a way uh, that is fruitful in a way that is an effective way to live out our Christian life and uh, bear much fruit for the kingdom.
1: All right, well, Pastor Hayden, under under point number one, you know, standing out in the sinful world, you mentioned you know we want to make sure our persecution is for righteousness' sake, not for right. foolishness' sake. How can we make sure that we are distinguishing? My persecution from my foolish mistakes to following the righteousness of Christ.
0: Well, you got to ask yourself: Are you being persecuted because of righteousness? Like, are you are you being godly? Are you being persecuted for godliness, faithfulness, fruitfulness? Uh, I mean, or, or are you being persecuted? Because uh, there's a lot of people who are foolishness in their Christian faith, where you are going to be persecuted mostly because you weren't. It had nothing to do with righteousness. It had to do with the way that you the way you carried yourself, or the way that you uh, engaged in the public square. You know, it's we got to make sure that that we are being persecuted because of our faithfulness to Christ, not because of our inability to read a situation or our inability to act appropriately in our community uh, in the name of Christ. And there's a lot of people who are persecuted. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people. Uh, what is that one church that was persecuted all the time? Burrow Street Church or some church in the Midwest that was a a cult is what it was, but they always went around and were like hating on everybody. And uh, they picketed and they were like, we're being persecuted. It's like, no, you're being foolish. You're not being persecuted for righteousness. You're being persecuted because you're being foolish people. And we just got to make sure that our persecution is because we're just following God's word humbly Uh, in a way that is contrite and gentle, but but in a way that's boldly standing on the foundations of Scripture.
1: You mentioned that, talking about standing on the Word of God, and how can I make sure that I'm standing firm on biblical principles? How how is life group leaders, can we make sure that our life groups, when things pop up within our community or within our families or within uh, culture with overall in America, to make sure that we're standing firm on biblical principles rather than, I don't like this, I want to find some Bible verses to justify it. Well, it's, uh, that church is Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, okay, way. I forgot about that.
0: Westboro Baptist, yeah, it was a crazy, it's a crazy it's church. A but uh, as far as our commitment to sit on the biblical principles, uh, we got to know the Bible. And it's the same thing that I, you know, when I'm reading uh, Daniel chapter 3, uh, and you really think about how did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how did they, how did they know what to do? Well they knew what to do because they learned it. And I and I don't mean to like make that more complicated than it needs to be because they just didn't bow, right? They just didn't bow at the sight of a golden idol because they didn't want to falsely worship something that wasn't God. And I, I wanna make the connection for you life group leaders. It's it's very simple. But that is how we teach the Bible as a very simple concept, right? To not bow the knee at an idol, to not live in sin, right? To to love your spouse. I mean, these are simple. I mean, Jesus says all the laws and commandments are bound up in two things. What are they? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as, wh- yourself. as yourself. I mean, th- this is not complicated stuff. The... Uh, The reality, though, is we don't know the Bible well enough to know how to do those easy things. Uh, I shouldn't say easy. Simple things, because they're not easy, uh, but they're simple. And I want you to see the simplicity of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saying, I'm going to take the application from Exodus 20 and commandment number 1, and I'm going to apply it to this situation. Well, that is literally faithful Christianity 101. I'm going to take the Bible, and I'm going to apply that to my life. And so I I, want to look at them and and say, don't miss what they did. And don't miss what faithfulness does in your life if you just read the Bible and say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to rejoice and be glad when people revile me. What does that look like? Well, when people say things about me because my faithful well, you don't... You know, Christians, you know, are, are, are blank, blank, and blank, or you are a hater. You're a hater. You just tell people they're sinners. It's like, I rejoice and be glad that I'm persecuted in the name of Christ, because at the end of the day, that's what are, what's going to happen to Christians. And I got so much more to say. But don't miss that in Daniel 3 and in Matthew 5, that faithfulness will come with persecution And our foundation comes from understanding the Bible's principles and applying them to everyday life.
1: So it leads right into point number two, to be willing to be counted with Christ. And with that comes our suffering that we are going to have to go through to expect false accusations, to not be surprised when it comes. What are some practical things that we can help our life groups in this week? Say, Hey, when you suffer for righteousness sake, what is a good way to, to turn to God practically? It's like, oh, we need to turn to God. Okay, great. How do I do that? What are some simple ways that are we'd encourage our life group, hey, this is how you suffer well by turning this direction toward God?
0: Yeah, I mean, I point you back to the application points in the sermon, right? I mean, you have to come in with a... Expectation for false representations of your faith as you're counted with Christ, just like Christ was uh, forsaken and he was uh, accused of things that he didn't do uh, in the same way that we shouldn't be surprised when we suffer just like Christ wasn't surprised when he was suffering on the cross. And so, and we lean in on that. I mean, isn't uh, that exactly what Hebrews teaches us? It's like we have the faithful, great high priest who has uh, been tempted in every way as we are, but without sin. Is that two scriptures? Is that two different scripture references? Or is that all in Hebrews? Yeah.
1: Is it? I'm just watching. It's kind of fun. Well, do you know? I I don't remember. You can say you don't. I don't remember right now. Okay. Uh,
0: Yeah, we have a faithful, great high priest who has been tempted in every way we are, but without sin. Uh, And in the same way that just as we were persecuted, he was persecuted, or even backwards, just as he was persecuted, we're persecuted. It's this idea that you can lean in on a grateful, faithful, great, faithful high priest whose name is Jesus Christ. I mean, there's there's nothing better. And that's why we talk about being willing to be counted with Christ. The union and intimacy that a believer has when they suffer in the ways that Christ suffered, uh, it leads us to so much intimacy with God that... That you see that i didn't even read it in the text i didn't, or in my sermon uh, but there's other other texts uh, that i can take you to that I'll, I'll read you one of them if i can find it really quickly uh, acts 5 where the apostles were beat it says in verse 40 and through 42 when they had called in the apostles they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of jesus and let them go and the apostles left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name and then every day in the temple from house to house they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus it's like look think about the intimacy imagine the intimacy these apostles had with one another and with Christ because they said hey i i, I mean to think about how your relationship with Jesus is to say that, that you're just rejoicing that you're counted worthy to be beat I mean, most of us don't even think about that when it comes to having a hard conversation with somebody about Jesus. And they're getting beat and rejoiced that they are counted worthy to be dishonored. It's like, well, what a what a what a statement of intimacy and what a statement of commitment to Jesus as our Lord and our Savior.
1: You're wonderful. Now what is a what is something that when someone might be suffering for righteousness' sake, what are some bad tendencies we might see In people in our life group, say no, no, we don't go that direction. Come to the direction that you explained. What are some tendencies that we need to be on the lookout for as life group leaders? If people really are suffering for
0: Christ, yes. uh, Woe is me. I mean, you don't see that at all in Scripture for people who suffer for Christ. The, you know, uh, woe is me. That oh, how you know how could it be me? Like you know, it's the text that we were just talking about, not being surprised or as something strange were happening to us. I mean, this this is part of the Christian faith. Uh, that we would suffer, uh, and as far as we do, that we would rejoice and be glad. Uh, Other things that people, uh, I mean, I guess the opposite of that is like, look at me, I'm suffering for the Lord. It's like, I don't think that was the attitude of the apostles either. I mean, if you look here, it's not look at me. Woe is me, and look at me. Woe is me is like how could this happen to me? Kind of, it's all about me. And the look at me is also the all about me, but on the opposite side. Look at me. I'm a. I mean, I'm a real Christian. I I suffer for the name. You don't suffer for the name. You better suffer for the name. I suffer for the name. And you know, it's like it's about. And you, it's really the danger of whether it is you don't want to be. Persecuted, or the fact that you want to take on persecution because you're making it about yourself. Those are the dangers. This ain't about you. We are going to suffer, but we're going to suffer because of Christ. And we're not making it about us. We're making it about Christ in both scenarios.
1: And one way to do that, I would say, is making sure that you are in community. I know a tendency is to either be braggadocious or to isolate and to not be a part of it and to say, no, no, we need to be with you to encourage one another, to bear one another's burden. So not to make the habit to pull out of community, but to stay even firmer into it.
0: Right. And that can play out into you guys as life group leaders, understanding that the need for you always to keep your people connected. If you haven't seen them in a while, connect with them, reach out to them, and press upon them the need to be in community. Because let me tell you, if you're living out your Christian faith, you're being persecuted. There ain't no way you can do that. Isolated, I mean, you're. I mean, that there is just no way that that can be. Ex- you can exercise
1: your faith in isolation, particularly when people are persecuting you. Absolutely. Now we need to make sure that we're focused on the right thing, which is point number three: staying focused on your future with Christ. And Life Group Leaders, I thought, Pastor Hayden, at the 11 a.m. service, you expounded the idea of, well, not the idea, the biblical truth of you know, he- heavenly rewards well in your sermon. So Life Group Leaders, I would recommend you actually re-listening to point number three again so that you can articulate it well. But was there any other things that you wanted to address to make sure that we're focused on our future with Christ that maybe you, you ran out of time with? I mean, there's always so much more you can say in our future with Christ
0: Uh and I focused on rewards there because the text talks about the rewards that are there. And I didn't even touch on every single text that talks about rewards. So life group leaders, I mean, you can think about, uh, let's see. I'm, I'm looking at other, uh, I mean, Luke six 35, love your enemies, do good and lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, Listen to this one, uh, Matthew 6, one. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Life group leader, just think about this in the context of rewards. And most people will say, well, you know, that we, we can't talk about rewards because the rewards means that our salvation is something that we've earned or, you know, all the things in heaven are things that we earned. Well, you ha- if you ask questions about people who may question that, right? Uh, I mean, well, we're not going to have rewards in heaven. Okay, well, are going to be rewards, but it's not going to be based on what we've done. Okay, well, read this text. What is the only option? for if I? So I, if, am I saying that if I practice my righteousness before others to be seen by them, I will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven? Well, if you're saying that I'm not going to have rewards in heaven based on my life, uh, then what does that text have to say? Then the only other opportunity and, and interpretation for that text would seem to be, well, you're not getting to heaven. If the only reward, if your only reward is getting into heaven, then it tells me there that I have, I don't have that. Like if I'm practicing my righteousness before others, I don't get to heaven. I mean, that's the only other to me reasonable interpretation of that. If there is no legitimate reward in eternity. However, if you understand that there is a theology of rewards in heaven, and I recognize that if I'm here practicing my righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, then I have received a re- my reward here on earth, uh, and I'm not going to have any reward in heaven for being faithful uh, to God. I'm actually losing that reward because I'm trying to receive my commendation here and not in heaven. Right? This sounds like a much more clear, easy interpretation of the text. Uh, and there are so many, many more uh, Yeah, store. I mean, the classic Matthew six twenty store up for yourself treasure in heaven, uh, not on earth. I mean, there's this idea don't don't store it up here, store it up there. Well, if I'm storing up treasure in heaven, what is that for? What to be rewarded, be given back as I re- receive the inheritance of eternal life?
1: Uh, there's so many more. Uh, well, uh, you know, moving to the life group or the application questions for us as life groups, you know, what questions should we make sure that we hit on with our life groups this week as we talk about suffering? You know, not want talking to more about rewards. Well, you can, you can if you want. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just want you
0: guys, uh, I want you guys to be prepared and ready. And we have those resources on rewards. I mean, I'll know all of the... Uh, the the books that you even received in your uh, Family matters. matters conference, the book on money has a section uh, about rewards, Randy Alcorn's book there. Was it Money and Possessions and something? No, no. What was it? Oh, look it up. And he's got a lot of books. All of them have a section uh, a about rewards. Money I don't agree with everything he says about rewards in there. It's uh, he, even, he even presupposes some things that aren't in the text uh, sometimes, but you can tell when he's doing that. Uh, however... Uh, there is a section in there about rewards that I think is very uh, important for you to take into account. We gave away Managing God's Money. Managing God's Money. They all have sections about rewards in them. Uh, I well, there's see, a one on Money, Possessions, and
1: Eternity by Randy Alcorn. Yeah. yeah. And the Treasure yeah, Principle by Randy one. Alcorn. Yeah. I mean, and Heaven on Randy Alcorn.
0: And and, and I'll look up some other resources for you guys on rewards. You know, And I, I just hate doing that because I don't think rewards are the motivation for our life and faithfulness, but rewards are real. And genuine and uh you need to know about them. And so I think uh that's also a little good resource that you guys can jump into. Uh but as far as the application questions go, uh there is going to be a que- uh, there is going to be an application on there. Uh, so I guess I don't have a question on there that is specifically about rewards, do I? It's more about being focused on Christ. Uh focused on your future with Christ in the midst of increasing hostility towards the Christian faith and obviously I think the I think the answer of rewards would be part of that and like Why do I get to be focused on my future with Christ in this increasing hostility in the Christian life? Well, because I know what's coming. I don't know all of what it's going to look like. I don't know what all that that heaven is going to be or what God has in store. No one does, right? That's what scripture says, but I do know that rewards are part of it. Jesus, obviously Christ being exalted and me receiving that me receiving him. That's part of it. Me receiving the kingdom. That's part of it. I just know these things are part of it. And, that can keep me going in the midst of a hostile world. That's question number eight. Uh, yeah, I mean, the rest of these, I think, are just solid questions to help your group start thinking about things. Questions six and seven are real ways for you to begin looking, even in, in North America and the world, about how Christians are being persecuted in our world to show you just how real it is. This isn't a figment of imagination or uh, a theoretical reality. It's, it's a real thing that Christ brothers and sisters in our world are going through. Um, and then question four, I think, is a really, really good one. Why is trusting God's sovereignty in suffering for Christ necessary to remain faithful in our culture? God's sovereign even over your suffering. So much more. But I think those, as life groups, uh, life group leaders, I'm going to be focusing in on uh, question four, uh, question six, seven, and eight.
1: All right. Well— Life Group Leaders, we have another meeting coming up. When is that meeting, Pastor? We do have another meeting come up in just a couple
0: of weeks. We want to make sure that you guys remember that on May 21st, we are gathering after the 11 a.m. service. You guys are doing a good job being at these. I just want to remind you, make this a priority. Don't skip out on this uh, absolutely uh, uh, necessary meeting to attend, Uh, not an optional add-on to your Life Group Leadership. And so I just want to remind you guys about that. We have uh, Move Up Weekend coming up as far as announcements go uh, with, for Compass Kids and Compass Students and even our Compass College g- l- small group or live group that we have. All of those will be moving up uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks, June 4th. Compass College, you're here, here first. Yeah, right. June 4th, June 7th, and I guess June 6th for the Tuesday night college age group. They're going to move up. So once you've reached the ceiling of your, your group there, whether you're 24 years old and you move up into the... Uh, another life group from the college group, or whether you've, you're 6th grade and you move from kids to students, or even if you graduate 12th grade and you move up to the college group. Everyone's moving up the June 4th through the 7th, and so be looking forward to that, excited for how God is maturing our people, not only in their faith, but also just in their... Life, their life. Age, their
1: age. Graduation ceremony, optional. Oh, yeah, there, there we go. Uh,
0: summer kids camps are coming up. You guys have heard about it. Woo-hoo! Make sure that you get on and make sure all of your life groups uh, who have kids, your life group
1: participants who have kids, sign up for these camps. And also, life group leaders will be sending an email to the life groups for opportunities to serve for people who want to serve at each of the camps.
0: Yep. Student
1: Revival, Summer D. Now, the theme is the Kingdom of Heaven, which is aptly
0: named. We're talking a lot about that in the book of Matthew. And that date is July the 27th through July the 30th, and the registration's coming soon, so put that on the calendar. Make sure you remind your group about that. And then last and not least, Exploring Compass and Baptisms uh, are coming up. We have baptisms on July the 23rd, I believe. That's correct. And crazy. want to remind you to have anyone. We already have people sign up believe it or not. That's right. And we just announced it. So make sure that if you have anyone who needs to get baptized, encourage them, uh, exhort them, uh, show them the scriptures, and tell them, let's let's do that together. And uh, Exploring Compass, June 4th and the 11th, if you have anybody who needs to complete Exploring Compass, encourage them to do so. All right, Life Group Leaders, that is it for our Life Group Leader podcast. So thankful for you guys. Looking forward to our next training together and just looking forward to continue living life with you guys. Talk to you all soon.
1: Bye-bye.